It's the Paddlewoo Podcast. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Paddlewoo Podcast. I am your host, Eric Antonson. And today's guest on the show is Kirk McGinty of L41 Surfcraft. Uh, we are starting a new series on paddleboard. It's going to be called Making a Stand-Up Paddleboard or something of that nature. And I will be working with Kirk from L41 to design a board. Today's podcast is part one of the series where Kirk comes on the show and we discuss design a little bit and talk about what I'm looking for in the board. And then over the next few weeks, hopefully it'll be about a week, we'll design the board and I'll be journaling on that on the progression project, on the progression journal on paddlewoo.com. So if you follow that, you can follow along and look at the uh, the board that we're designing and then be testing. And then at the end, this is very similar. Basically, we're following the model of what we did with the FCS uh, series on fins. And so we'll be designing a board, testing it, and then talking about what worked and what didn't. So I'm excited to start the process. I'm really appreciative that Kirk has uh, jumped on board, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, some big news. The Progression Project, I don't know if you guys can hear that. I live in Costa Rica, and the jungle is on is alive today, super alive, lots of strange birds and monkeys behind me. But um, the Progression Project movie is going to be debuting next month in Florida. Uh, the first showing is in Juno Beach on September 8th at Sushi Joe's. Then we're going to be going to Orlando, St. Augustine, Charleston, Atlanta, and then California during the Pacific Paddle Games and Stand Up World Tour event. They're going to be uh, at least one showing there, maybe more, I'm not sure yet, <clears throat> has not been scheduled. So uh, if you're interested in being a part of that or coming, uh, shoot us an email, eric, E-R-I-K, at paddlewoo.com if you'd like to set up a showing of the Progression Project in your hometown. We might be able to hook that up. And stay tuned at paddlewoo.com for those upcoming uh, debuts. Hopefully there'll be one in your hometown and you can come out and hang out and hopefully meet some of the guys. All right, so let's jump right into the show today. Kirk McGinty from L41. Some background on Kirk, which I think I'm I'm excited to be working with him on the on on this series, this this project, because he is an outlier in the shaping world. He's not he's a shaper. He has a surfboard company and shapes, but his real quote unquote real job is he is an engineer, an industrial engineer, and he currently uses those talents for a lab at Google where he works on cool new inventions at Google. So he does not think he's an outside-of-the-box thinker. Um, he talks about on the show that he was one of the first guys going back well uh, early, early, I don't know, it was a long time ago, to be able to use CNC machines. And, you know, they were designing, I guess he said, an AutoCAD well before the software, the board development software that they have now was available. So... His approach to, to building surfboards is different. And when you look at his boards, you can see that he is designing boards that are a lot different than most folks, which, you know, one thing that we discuss on the show is that the board that I'm going to get won't be like anything I've ridden before, which I'm excited about. He, um, he, he looked at a lot of, and I've known Kirk for a little while. He used to come down to where I live in Costa Rica. And this was well before I knew that he was involved in L41 and, well before I was a fan of stand-up paddle surfing. So it's interesting. Our, our personal histories go way back. Um, 
but he's 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 you know we've surfed together in the past and now he's you know seen the way that i surf now and he's like look you need to try something outside of what you're currently trying even though i ride a spectrum of length from about a 7.4 to an 8.0 the shapes are all very similar so we're going to get outside of the box try to design something new and hopefully this is going to be a fun project so i will be posting online the iterations of design i'd love you guys to chime in he wants to use this maybe as a way to crowdsource kind of uh new ideas which would be a lot of fun so if you guys are interested in in taking part in that comment on what's happening at paddlewoo.com over the next week or so without further ado kirk mcginty Kirk McGinty, thank you very much for being on the Paddleboo Podcast. How are you today? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Eric. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this for a while, Kirk. I mean, you and I have known each other now through very different circumstances since what year? Probably 2007, 2008? Something like that, yeah. Kirk was coming down to Nosar at that point in time, and at that point in time, I was doing the real estate thing, and, and Kirk was looking for some property, and then eight years later... I'm in the stand-up world looking around and checking out these boards, these L41 boards, which I love the look of, and it turns out that Kirk's the one making them. So, small world. I miss Nosara. I can't wait to get back down. We'll talk about that soon. We'll get you back down here soon. Um, so, for those of you who do not know L41 or Kirk, let me give just a little bit of a background. Kirk, he is an engineer and currently works with Google doing all sorts of cool projects, but his passion is surfing and stand-up paddle surfing. And his approach to designing boards comes more from an engineering uh, standpoint than from a traditional surf standpoint. So with some of the ideas that I've been kicking around lately, I'm very excited to be working with Kirk on this next board that I'd like to build because of his approach uh, that's a little bit different from from normal shapers. And so. I guess my first question, Kirk, is if you could give us a little bit of background into your you know, engineering background and then how you approach surfing and then segue into what you think the function of a stand-up paddleboard is. Okay, so I've been in uh, the product design and development engineering uh, world for close to 20 years. Um, my background is industrial design. So I'm, I'm really more of an artist than an engineer, although I have been working in, in the engineering field for quite some time. Um, Long-time surfer and have been uh, stand-up paddling for quite a few years now. And my approach to surfboard design, you know, you, you, you mentioned how I have sort of a different approach to it but you know the physics the physics are there and whether you're an engineer or a surfboard shaper we're all thinking along the same lines and my the beauty of how I've been doing it is that I've always had access to very high-end very expensive milling machines and I started out um, back in 96 um, designing boards in CAD and this is long before shape 3d or any of the uh any of the software that's available today and being able to take those files and cut them on a milling machine, which is now very commonplace in the industry. So I was always able to tinker and come up with interesting 
new sort of out of the box thinking type shapes and always did it, you know, just for my own personal boards. Um, and, you know, slowly people started taking interest in what I was writing. And it's the classic story where, you know, my friend tells his friend and his friend tells 20 friends. And before you know it, I've got 7,000 followers on my Facebook page and I'm not getting any sleep because I have a full-time job and I'm doing this on the side. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've, I, 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 again, I, I like to do things that are different and I've always liked to do things different. And with surfboards and paddleboards, it's a great medium for, for exploration, especially with paddleboards because it's still relatively new and there's a lot that we haven't learned yet. Whereas with the surfboard world, a lot of the learning has already been done. Um, so that's what I think is the most exciting about stand-up paddle is there's still so much more to learn. How close do you and, think we are right now to knowing what the, what the prototypical, what the best design for a stand-up paddleboard is in the future? How close are we right now? Boy, that's a good question. You know, there's so many different varieties, you know, whether it's, a longboard shape or, you know, short boards that are blown up to look like paddle boards or, um, you know, white tail designs or what have you. I mean, I don't know that we're, I don't know that we'll ever lock in on the, on the ultimate shape, which is great in itself because like I say, there's just so much, there's so much room for creativity and exploration that it's, it's, it's never ending really. All right, so I have a couple technical questions that I'd like to bounce off of you. And well, before we do those, give me the idea, the original idea behind your SimSup. How did that come to be? Because that's what you're best known for. And the SimSup, if you don't know, is a, it's kind of like the retro fish approach to paddleboarding. You're getting ridiculous amounts of volume and ridiculously small boards. So you're, one of your best sellers listed on the website is a 7.4 that has 108 liters at 29 inches wide. Um, and that's 108 liters. A lot of folks can paddle that and get down to a 7.4 shape that from the videos I'm seeing, I can't wait to try these things, uh, still turns quite well. I mean, obviously you're going to lose a little bit with that wider tail, but uh, mm -hmm. still you can draw some incredible lines on that, um, maybe just not as tight. Um, but where did that idea come from? Really, it came from my history of riding alternative surfboards, fishes and mini Simmons and all kinds of wacky stuff in Santa Cruz and um, surfing on point breaks here. So when I really started getting interested in paddle boards, I thought, how can I take that approach of having sort of an alternative craft um, as a stand-up paddleboard and have that work here on these point breaks and I've always been interested in the mini Simmons shape, you know, the wide tail and how much surface area that gives you and how you can pack a lot of volume. It is such a tiny board, you know, and they're very fast and super fun to ride. And thought, um, I wonder if that would work as a paddleboard. So we started playing around with, with the shape and in 2010 made the first one and couldn't believe how well it, how, how well it worked, how functional it was, you know, because, 
they're so stable inherently because you have so much width under where you're standing and under your back foot when you're riding and they're, you know, for being so small and they are amazingly fast, super easy to catch waves with and, you know, really perfectly suited for point breaks. I thought, and I started making more and more of them and made thousands of them and realized, you know, people realized that, wow, these things work in everything, you know, and you're, you're right. And that, you know, there is a trade off because you have such a wide tail that you're not going to be doing a lot of super hard vertical surfing or anything like that. But for the guys that like that style, that sort of skatey up on top of the water, super fast down the line style, which I do, it's, I think it's the perfect platform for stand up paddle boards. What I'm interested in trying is to see what kind of rail turns you can crank out on those boards because the limiting factor for me a lot in stand-up, I feel, is especially in rail turns, is the length of the board because I like to bury a lot of board. Like I'm a shortboarder. I come from a shortboarding background, and I really enjoy riding like a 5.8510 Lost Rocket or um, mm-hmm. Rusty Dwart, something smaller like that, where when you're doing a rail turn, you're bearing nose to tail. And then on a stand-up, to do that same rail turn on the longer boards, a 7.9, 7.7 um, that I ride a lot, you're you're having to really keep that tail weighted, keep the nose out to be able to bring the board around because if you get too much, you just have too much rail line. But looking at getting right. 90 liters in a SimSup, I feel like that's a 7-foot board or maybe even a little bit less. So I'm interested in feeling what that would feel like. And I'm not I'm – not, so we're going to talk about board tournament. I'm not sold that I'm going to get the SimSup. Um, but I like some of the, the newer shapes that you have where you're kind of marrying that design with, um, a little bit more of a pulled in tail. Uh, cause I feel like for a lot of the waves that I surf, I'll, I'll want to have a little bit more of a, of a pulled in tail. So, all right. My next technical question for you, if you can kind of put on a technical hat in answering this is a lot of times we trade, um, rail width for volume in paddling. So, or rail thickness, sorry, rail thickness um, uh, versus volume. I feel like that's a trade-off that we look at. How do you look at the the rail size versus volume trade-off? And I guess the question is, more specifically, when I look at some of your boards, you have the pinched rail and then more volume in the center. I see some of your boards hitting four, four and a quarter in the center. How do you feel that that width in the center affects ride versus having a three and a half inch board with a little bit fatter of a rail than you would be able to pack in with more volume in the middle? That's something I'd like to understand that I'm really interested in exploring more. Well, I mean, you know, thinner rails are going to bite better. They're going to sink easier. They're going to be easier to turn. Um, With a paddleboard, though, you need volume. Um, so it, it doesn't translate the same way it does on a shortboard. So, um, I, I do a lot of boards that have what's called a stepped rail where all the volume, all the thickness is sort of concentrated under your standing position. And then as it, as the thickness travels out towards the rail, there's an abrupt step. So the actual area that is in the water during a rail turn is much thinner than the rest of the board. Um, gotcha. I don't know if that answers your question enough. That does. Um, and that's what I'm excited about trying. I know that whatever 
we ended up designing here. And the, the point of this podcast right now, it's part one of the two-part series. I'm sure I'll cover it in the intro. But the idea is kind of uh, getting to know Kirk a little bit. And then we're going to start chatting here in just a second about what I'm looking for in my next board. I'm going to ride that while I'm out in California. And this is very similar to the Tyler Callaway podcast where he sent me a bunch of fins. I tried them out. I figured out what I liked, what I didn't. When we talked about it at the end, we're going to do the same thing with designing a board here. We're going to chat about some different stuff about what kind of what I'd like out of the board. And then Kirk's going to come up with something and we're going to build it. I'm going to ride it for a little bit. And then we're going to hop back on a show and we're going to talk about uh, what worked, what didn't, why, what my expectations were, you know, just kind of an, an overview. Um, because I don't think necessarily that the sport is, I think there's some, I think there's some design changes that can happen that are going to help push the sport. And you've heard Kai Lenny and Mofredis talk about those pinched rails. That's what Kirk's talking about right now. Um, I mean, my question is how thick can we get away with? I mean, as a five inch board, if you could get down to a 22 inch wide board, it's five inches in the middle, but the rails are still pinched. Um, how's that going to surf? I mean, I wish it wasn't so expensive. This is what really frustrates me. I'm a little rant right now, but it really <laughs> frustrates me that it costs $1,300 to test a board. And $1,300 is a good deal most of the time too. Um, I really wish that there was a way that for 400 bucks we could test this stuff and we could just design like 20 boards and go out there and figure out what works and what doesn't and really jumpstart the learning curve or the, uh, the development curve for what's happening. Um, is there a way to do that? Is there a way to make a $200 prototype? Absolutely. There's a way. Well, 200 is a little, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear you and I, I, I get it. I mean, it's frustrating, right? Um, even as a, you know, as a manufacturer, my cost is, I wish it was a lot less and I could play around with, you know, more R and D in, and have it be cost effective. Um, is, is 3d printing going to change all this? I mean, at Google, do you guys have access to some awesome 3d printers that could do foam and just not know, yet, be not waterproof, foam. waterproof foam. And so that's probably, that's probably coming. It's, it's not here yet. I mean, there's definitely a size limitation limitation with these 3d printers. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I could see something like that happening. That would be incredible. All right, and awesome. so I want to get your um, thoughts on swing weight versus width. I guess we talked about this for just a second a few minutes ago. We were talking about tail volume, tail width, and vertical surfing. But the, the component that comes with a smaller tail is going to be a longer board. And, I mean, I know I ride between an 8.0 and a 7.4 right now, and there's a massive difference in bringing around the 8.0 or my 7.9 and bringing around a 7.4, even though the tails aren't very different. It's, it's just, you know, I guess inertia. You're the, you're the engineer here. Is that inertia that I'm, mm -hmm. that I'm working against and trying to bring the nose around? And so on your SimSups, you're looking at, you know, a, a much shorter board with that wider tail. What do you see that relationship between swing weight and width being, and where do you err on that side for progressive surfing? Maybe this is like that Tomo discussion, chopping the nose. Like, how do you see all of those designs? Talk us through that a little bit. Well, I mean, you know, these short boards, there's no swing weight. These things are just super maneuverable, very responsive, very, you know, like skateboarding on water. Um, when you don't have any of that, you know, you don't have any, you don't have a lot of rail in front of your front foot. You know, you're not, 
it's not fighting you. Um, and when you have all the speed that's generated from the wide tail, all the surface area on your back foot and all the lift and all the, the speed that generates it, you know, you have a lot more freedom to, to throw the board around. And it's, you know, it's a lot easier when you're dealing with a shorter rail line in the water. Um, gotcha. And that's, that's what I'm excited I, I about. I don't know if that answered your question, but it, I, I could it, go on and on. <laughs> it, it, it did. I know that we're limited on time today. So let's chat about what I'd like to get out of this board. And then maybe I can post up along with the, this podcast and maybe we can create kind of an ongoing thing here where when you're sending me ideas on the board, I'll kind of post them up with my thoughts. Maybe I'll do this in a public way. Uh, might be fun. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. it would be fun for it's people sort of, to follow. We could along. sort of crowdsource the design. You know, that would be, that would be very awesome. Cool. All right, I love <laughs> that. That that's happening. Um, yeah. So, I like to ride. I'm comfortable riding 83 liters, but I love paddling 87, 88 liters. Um, sure. I can paddle 80, but, but I mean, if I'm on 87 liters, 88 liters, it's just relaxing to surf. Um, yeah. so for this board, I guess I'm going to shoot for that 85 to 88. I think that would be a fun board to have. I don't want it to be a board that competes with like the seven, four starboard necessarily. Like I've got one of those and I have, uh, the F one, the 26, seven, five F one. Those boards are fairly similar. So I don't necessarily want it to compete with that. Um, but both of those boards, I feel like their weak point is rail turning. And that's something right. that I would, that I really want to optimize in this board. I surf uh, right point break a lot. Um, my favorite turn is just big frontside rail turns. I love hitting the lip too. Um, and release off the top is okay. So I think even a quad might be good. I was, I was, I really like the look of Mofredis's quads when I got to watch him and check out those boards while we were filming the progression project, which is a wider tail, uh -huh. thicker tail and quad setup. Um, yep. so now where I am a little bit leery and I'd like to explore it, but I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant is that chopped nose type of board. I've surfed the starboard hypernut. I don't love it. Um, I had, I tried an idea like that, that I had designed a seven, two by 26. And it just felt like I caught the nose on everything on both of those boards. I had a really hard time doing rail turns because it just felt like, that nose would catch. Um, but mm -hmm. yours seem to be a little bit thinner up there and have a little bit more flick. So I'm, I'm open to that idea. Um, and I'd like, yeah, I would, I would encourage you to, to do, to try something different. Okay. You know, in terms of shapes, I see photos and video of you and it seems like a lot of the boards you ride are very similar. They are. Right. Right. So, why not try something totally different? Okay, so w let's agree on trying something totally different. Now, I'm caught between the performance kind of Tomo style or I mm -hmm. absolutely love riding retro fishes. And I mean, what could I get to 88 liters as far as a, a Sims up? Like, what would that look like? How, you mean the dimensions? Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, that's very small. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you could easily go under, uh, you know, you're at the seven foot or under, you know, depending on what thickness and width, 
we we decide on. But you know, you, you could go with something longer that's narrower and thinner, or you could go something with short, that's shorter, that's wider and thicker. You know, it, it, that has a lot to do with it. But um, I, what I would encourage you to do is try to do something as small as you can get. Maybe it's wide. You know, maybe the tail's a little wider than you are thinking. Mm-hmm. But I really think that for the waves that you have down there, it would be an amazing, super fun board that would really change your your whole thought process. Okay. Well, that's what I'm looking for. I would really like to just feel yeah. different lines. And I don't want to design anything that we've got. So um, I guess the question then is how wide do we make it? And, and I don't surf boards that are over 27 as my widest board. So uh-huh. a sims up would be how wide to get short. I mean, how, I mean, I wonder how much that would affect the way that I surf. It's not, I guess I'm thinking through this right now. It's something I could learn. I'm sure. Um, don't be afraid of width. You know, when the boards are, are short and you're leveraging off your paddle, you can do a lot with a, with a board that's, you know, in the 28, 29, maybe range. Okay. You know, don't be con- don't be constrained by this number in your head for the, what the width has to be. You know, I guess we can go wider, and and you will. I think you really enjoy it. Having said that, if you want to do twenty seven, you know, we could certainly work around that number too. Okay, and I guess this is where maybe you can send me some designs, and we'll crowdsource those and kick it around a yeah, little it would bit. Yeah, it, it, would be, it would be awesome to come up to sort of nail down sort of a direction. Maybe okay. look at the models that I offer. All right, so I have one of those. I, I love, yeah. I, I, if we could explore two, um, they would be the, I guess, the more, the Sim 5, the more progressive Sims up. Mm-hmm. And the other one, let me get on your website here, the other one would be the... The Tomo looking board. And that's something that uh, that we could do f- for you off of this, and I'm so stoked to be doing this. But I- I'm-, I'm trying to find videos. I love to watch videos of folks surfing boards because you can get an idea of the lines that they draw. But I'm- I didn't find a ton of videos. I-, I see so much positive feedback online about your yeah. shapes, but I don't see a ton of videos out there. So um, maybe we can work one of those up or something. Yeah. What do you think between the, what is it, the pop dart or uh-huh. the TV dinner? The TV dinner looks wider than the pop dart? Yeah. So, um. I think I like that pop dart look more. The pop dart's nice. It's um narrower nose, you know, more pulled in nose, more of a conventional looking nose. Gotcha. But w- wide tail with the channel bottom that just makes it really come to life. And here you've got a 7.4 um, at 27 at 108 liters. So I could drop 20 liters on that. That could be a pretty small board. Yeah, for sure. That's interesting. You're not going to get the same stability with that nose shape that you would with, say, the TV dinner if you start getting real small, right? You need to spread that surface area, spread that volume out differently if, right. if you're looking at the pop dart, right? And then the TV dinner... And I'll throw a link on the website so folks can check all these out. Mm-hmm. Here you've got a 7.4 at 103 liters at 27. So even there could go a lot smaller than that 7.4. That could be, like, be a 7.2 or a 7.1. And that board looks insane. Which board do you like the most? Yeah. What's your go-to? 
That TBD and it looks good. That's what I ride. Okay. Um, I ride the Bruce Wayne model is another one that's more of a kind of a uh, performance sort of board. It's less of a sims up and more of a kind of like what you would think of a, out of a performance shape. Gotcha. Uh, the ST is my best seller. I, have, I ride that as well. But that TV dinner, man, that thing is, you cannot believe how fun that is to ride. It's really like skateboarding on water. All right. I'm sold. I love skateboarding. So <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh let let's explore that and and maybe if you could just show me what the uh what's it called the pop dart would look like targeting right there at like maybe even let's target if, if these things are going to be so small I mean let's target maybe 88 liters you know maybe maybe even a little uh, bit on the the high end of that range make it fun to paddle Yeah sure so if you could send me some dimensions, maybe we can follow up after this. You okay. Know, send me some dimensions, and I'll work up some some designs and um, send you some screenshots, or maybe a, uh, I can do a desktop share where I can share my screen and spin the model in front of you, and or spin the model remotely. So you're in Costa Rica, I'm in Santa Cruz. You can see my desktop, right? Okay, beautiful. And we can record that. That would be cool. Yeah. So so let me know when we could. Maybe we can even record that, and I can post that up along with this will be fun i've been looking forward to doing something like this uh for a little while i love this whole design aspect of surfing so this is going to be a cool project I, I appreciate you uh wanting to be a part of this thank you oh thank you Eric. right on all right well i'll let you get on i know you got a busy day go back to doing googling whatever <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah go surf i will man the reef the reef is uh it's a rare afternoon with low wind and good swell, and I've got a boat waiting for me in about 40 minutes with a couple buddies. We're going to go surf uh, some of the reefs, so it's going to be a beautiful afternoon, I hope. Sounds amazing. Yeah, man. All right. Hey, thank you, Kirk, and we'll be in touch very soon. All the best. Sounds good, Eric. Same to you. It's the Paddle Boot Podcast.